Hey, what's up, everyone? Sam Brief with you on the Shy State Pod with a really fun episode today. If you're a basketball person, you'll love Jelani Hewitt. He's a second-year assistant men's basketball coach. He's a basketball junker, a lifer, one of the best players in Georgia Southern program history, over 1,800 points, former defensive player of the year in the conference, He's a four-year veteran of overseas basketball, playing in Spain, playing in Germany. He's a father. He's a husband. He's awesome. And we go into everything. Jelani really opened my eyes to something about playing overseas that I think a lot of us don't realize. And it's how hard it can be. I mean, think about it. It's grand. Yeah, you get to go to Spain and Germany and go on the beach and eat great food and see the sights. But you're away from your family. There's a language barrier, and you're not making as much money. So it's tough, and Jelani experienced some low lows, he tells us. But also, he's a travel nut, self-described. And he tells us about some of the sights and sounds of Spain and Germany for his four-year pro career. But now he's a coach, and he's taken a lot of the lessons he learned at Georgia Southern and as a pro, and teaching, coaching the next generation of Chicago State student-athletes. Jelani Hewitt was a gem on the Shy State pod, and I know you'll love it. But first, we want to remind you that our partners at BSN Sports are the largest providers of team sports equipment and apparel in the country. And they'd like to thank all the coaches out there who truly are the heart of the game. While BSN Sports is the best at equipping athletes, coaches are the best at equipping lives. And that's the real final score. So learn more about how BSN Sports can save you time off the field by giving you more time to impact lives on it. Call your local BSN Sports sales pro or visit bsnsports.com today. And now, it's Jelani. Debut on the pod. How we doing? Thank you, Sam. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm blessed, baby. Hey, it's great to have you. You're sun-kissed. You just got back from a trip to Orlando with your family. And I know you're a family man. You married your college sweetheart. You have a six-year-old daughter. So let's start with your family. Tell me about them. Yeah. So family, you know, family is everything. And so I met my wife in college, um, met her my junior year of college, and we just connected, you know, ever since then. Couldn't stay away from each other. End up having a beautiful baby girl, Yaya, who is my everything. And, um, and yeah, this past weekend, we just went to Orlando, had a good family trip. Uh, a Mother's Day trip out there with her mom and, you know, her grandma. And it was it was a pretty good experience. Um, both of our families are really big. And uh, when we all come together, we're just one huge family and everybody gets along. And, like, it's just the craziest thing. So, quick story. So, um, we were talking when me and my wife first met. And it's a small town near Fort Myers, Florida. And it's called Lehigh Acres. And you would never think that anybody else in the world that you meet would would know somebody from Lehigh Acres. <laughs> I've never heard of Lehigh Acres. I mean, what's Lehigh Acres? Right. It's in Fort Myers, okay. Florida. And um, and we was having a conversation and I told her my mom and my dad just moved there. And she said that her grandma and granddad have lived there. And I was like, what? <laughs> so... When we came to find out, um, you know, long story short, her grandparents end up living right down the street from my parents. And I never and we never knew that until we 
met in college and we started having that conversation and it was just the weirdest thing and it just felt like it was meant to be since then so it was so weird <laughs> so this random little town in florida mm -hmm. your parents her grandparents both happened to be there at the same time yep that's fate yep and now you're happily married with a six-year-old daughter exactly yeah <laughs> that gotta be fate right wow like, i know it was so weird because i said fort myers originally i didn't even say lehigh i just named the biggest city in the area and she was like, oh, really? All my people are from Lehigh. And when she said that, I was like, wait, no, I really meant Lehigh. Like, <laughs> And then yep, they end up living right up the street from, from where my, uh, my parents are at. And so it's pretty cool because when we go down there, it's like we get to share the grandkids with them, you know? So our daughter gets to go up and down the street and just see both grandparents. So it's pretty, it's a pretty cool experience. So Your daughter's name is Yaya. Mm -hmm. Why Yaya? I love that name. Yes, uh, everybody loves that name. Uh, her original name is Anaya, Anaya Hewitt. So it's just Yaya is just her nickname is just short for Anaya. Yeah. Tell me about her. What's the most striking personality trait? Oh, man. Um, she's fashionable. She's, yeah, she's smart, but she loves her fashion. Um, I showed you the picture. Yeah. She, she dresses herself. So she threw those sunglasses on. She threw that romper on like she doesn't play. And um, she wakes up early in the morning. She picks her own clothes out now. Like she's very fashionable. She's very like aware for a six year old is the weirdest thing. But <laughs> she loves, yeah, she loves to dress up. She loves to dress her Barbies. She loves to do things like that. So very confident already, which I love that about her, her confidence. And um, yeah, just a sweetheart, man. I like, got to love her. So, yep. I can see in your eyes, and people listening to the podcast can't see your eyes, but I'll describe <laughs> this touching puppy dog look you have. I can tell you love to be a girl dad. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like every time I come home, she's running to my arms, and it's the hardest thing when I have to come back um, to work, you know, because uh, she gets sad, but um, nah, like my, my daughter, you know, you know, those daughters going to take care of you, man. So you got to. You know, you got to take care of them. But, but she, like I said, she's a sweetheart and we just have like a, a weird bond. And, um, and, and, and I think it was from when she was um, first born. And so we just like, I, I love that little girl, man. It just, yeah, she's everything. So you alluded to it with work. Your work now is entering your second season as an assistant coach D one level here at Chicago state under coach Gillian. What's the transition been like? For the family man, Jelani Hewitt. Yeah, it's been um, it's been an experience. Um, so we've actually had our prep for this moment. Um, so when my daughter was first born, I was still I was a senior in college, graduating, going into that pre-draft NBA. What you're gonna do to you know what I mean? Are you gonna go NBA? Are you gonna go overseas? So I end up going overseas to Germany while my wife was pregnant. Um, and she had birth in January and I was a, we had a break in January. So I was able to come back to Atlanta, be there for my daughter. I was able to hold her in, in her arm, uh, in my arms. And, um, and from there I had to go back to Germany. So it just been an experience, um, for, for both of us that, you know, that we just been, been doing this for years now, you know, I've been playing overseas um four years and during that time they they wasn't coming over there with me so and it's a lot harder because you can't just catch a flight to germany <laughs> so you know what i'm saying at least here they could just get a flight hey come to chicago you know what i mean so it's a lot easier 
than overseas living. It's a lot harder overseas living, a lot harder. So I am grateful for that, that they can just catch a flight or I could catch a flight and, you know, and, and go and see them realistically. So you played overseas four seasons, Germany and Spain, and you had your family back here in America. It is tough playing overseas. I think a lot of people look at it and they say, oh, that sounds so great. You get to be in Spain and eat tapas and chill on the beach and be in the Spanish culture and play basketball and get paid to do it. But at the same time, you're away from your family. You're in a new culture, time difference, different language. You're not making as much money as an NBA player, not even close. What's the biggest challenge that a fan might not realize? So it's a lot of pros and cons. Um, the biggest challenge will be like being away from your family and um, the culture difference, you know. And but I, I love I don't, I love to travel. So for me, it was different. Like Germany, the, the people there, they just accepted me. They made it easy to transition. It's Americanized over there. You know, I asked them, hey, where can I get the American syrup? Where can I get the pancakes? <laughs> So, you say, yeah, I get your schnitzel and brats. Yeah, I get all that, but nah, I need, you know, so they show me with American stores and and they speak English as well over there. So um, I guess that would be the biggest adjustment is just culturally. But like I said, a guy like me who loved to travel, who loved to sightsee, I love seeing different experience. I love being in Cologne and just looking at the agriculture there. I love when I was in Spain and I get to see the different um seas are the different like it's just beautiful you know just seeing the world so um it's pros and cons to everything you know so you just got to take the good with the bad sometimes yeah and you were a young pro player just finishing up your career at georgia southern where you were one of the best scorers in program and in socon history then you're overseas couple years in germany a year in spain the sites i've been to both of those countries it's amazing what was Highlight for you. Favorite site. Favorite site. Let's see. Spain. It's like, I don't think anything could top Spain. Where in Spain? I was, um, actually, I was an hour from Madrid. I was like three or four hours from Barcelona. So I wasn't too far from there. And we'll play teams in those cities. I was on the outskirts, um, a small town called Logroño. And um, it was like an hour away from uh, Madrid. Like I said, beautiful city, though. Beautiful. And like you could just go to these different sites and just see like it, it, it was really nice. So I, I like Spain the most. I was in Barcelona, as they say. How about the basketball? Because you mentioned the culture. Of course, you're eating different food. Hey, where are my American pancakes? But what about the basketball equivalent of American pancakes? Because college basketball in America versus pro basketball in Europe, way different. Way different. And so... Like a lot of a lot of people don't realize, like overseas, it's it's not. <laughs> you can't go to a university and play, and and you know over there, over there for them, it's like you have to be good enough to be a professional. So I have I played with fourteen year olds on my team, fifteen year olds on my team. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're grooming their next guy, they're grooming their gener generation. So in order to 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 be better or to get better, you know what I'm saying, you got to put the young players with the professionals. And that's why you see guys like Luka Doncic um, playing like how he is at a high level because he's been doing it since he was 14, 13 years old, playing for uh, playing against the Barcelonas and the Madrids and all those top teams. 
And so, like, that was a difference, too, with me. I was like, dang, I got a 13-, 14-year-old on my team. Like, this is pretty cool. But if that guy's the next Luka Doncic, he's pretty darn good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. And and the reason he's good is because he's 13, 14 going against grown men. He's going against 30, you know what I'm saying, 35-year-olds, 30-year-olds. So <laughs> it's just a difference. Who's the best player you played with? Anyone in the NBA now or someone I would have heard of? I assume not Doncic. No, 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 not Doncic. <laughs> not Doncic. Oh, come on. You got to make something up here. Oh, yeah, Sam. I shut him down. No points, seven turnovers. Not Doncic. Oh, let me see. I played with I played against, I played with some good guys. I played with some good guys in Germany, but I played with while they was older on their on their last leg, um, you know, on 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 their end of their careers. Played with the guy. Actually, went to Davidson. I played with the guy. Went to um, Cincinnati. You know that was pretty good out in Germany. So just a lot of. I played with a lot of older guys. So uh, it, it was it was a good experience for me. They taught me a lot. So it was a great experience. What's the weirdest thing that happened to you when you were overseas? <sighs> so I don't. I don't think I ever went public with this. The weirdest thing was. <laughs> You just raised my eyebrows. I'm so excited to hear this. <laughs> so when I was in Spain, I'm not going to blame nobody. I'm not going to point figures. So in Spain, right, it's me and two other roommates. <laughs> so we go out, come back, and the kitchen is like burnt to smithereens. Like you could see the flame. So <laughs> you can see everybody outside just looking up, pointing. And you see just black smoke coming out the window. And we just walking up the street. I think we was coming from the mall. And we just see black smoke, black smoke. And so we looking like, damn, somebody apartment is on fire. You know, somebody apartment is on fire. But you didn't know at this time it was yours. You just saw a unit in the building is burnt. And people just looking up like, like, look. So we walking. Yeah, we walking. We talking. And, and, and then we finally realized we were like. Oh, our stuff is in there. And you know, we're overseas. So TVs, Xbox, PlayStations, our laptops. That's our life over there. Our, well, not our phone. We had our phones on us. But like our game system and the TV, that's our life. So we started running once we realized it was our stuff. We just started running, running, running. Um, our neighbors happened to like Spain is so nice, man. The people there were so nice. Our neighbors end up breaking into the apartment helping us out, put the fire out, told us not to put water on it, put, you know, something else, because water helps spread the fire, which you don't know when you're in a panic. you just like, oh, I got to put the fire out. So they got the extinguishers, and they end up putting it out for us. But, yeah, that was, like, the craziest experience I've ever, yeah. And luckily, only the kitchen was messed up. Really? Only the kitchen got messed up. So does that mean your TV and valuables were all fine? Everything was good. Couldn't cook anymore, but everything else was good. Your kitchen was cooked. Yeah, it was cooked. What caused it? Do you know? I think it was the um, how they have the stove. Uh, the stoves are a little different overseas. And I think it was just something that happened like where the stove just got caught on, on, on fire, basically. Like something got caught on fire with it. Something dropped or something was too close to the stove while I was gone. And we'd probably just so happen to just leave and not realizing. So, you know, just moving too fast, you know? So. 
I'm so happy your stuff was okay. I'm so happy it was in the past, and clearly you're laughing about it, so I can laugh about it too. That feels like sketch comedy to think about you and your buddies walking down the street. You look up, you see your own apartment on fire, and you're just like, ah, look at that. Like, someone's apartment's on fire. It's like, oh, oh, man. That's me. That's us. Yeah, it was crazy. The way you started that answer is a great way to start a sentence. It was... I don't know if I've ever gone public with this. Like, hey, Sam, what'd you do last night? Well, I haven't gone public with this yet. But you don't tell everybody, hey, my kitchen just went on fire. Like, you don't tell everybody that. Because then, you know, you just, you just, some things, you know, just keep to yourself. So just me and the other three guys, we knew. Obviously, the coach knew and stuff like that. But our neighbors, like I said, it was the neighbors. It was like everybody was trying to help us and make sure we was good. It was so, it was like... I was taken aback by that because, you know, we 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 three guys, American guys, so they didn't have to help us. They could just be like, "Hey, look, dumb Americans." Yeah, exactly, Sam. So you know, so I appreciated them for that. So shout out to the people from Spain, man. Oh, the Spanish people are great. Yeah. Really, really great. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't cook. Did that mean you had to eat out more? Yeah, we had to eat out. Good thing there's good food in Spain. Yeah, tapas. Yep, some tapas. Um, they have this one dish. Um, paella. Yeah, in the pan, the big circle pan. Giant pan. I took a paella making class once, mm-hmm. and the pan is its like bigger than my own kitchen at home. It's huge. And they have shrimp in there. They have um, oysters, different types. Mariscos. Mariscos. A little squid, a little octopus. Octopus, and they love that meal over there. I don't eat seafood, so I couldn't eat it. I just stick to my pollo, my rice. Catching up with Jelani Hewitt here on the Shy State Pod. Now entering his second season as an assistant men's basketball coach here. Before he was a coach, he was a stud player. We're talking about the pro career in Spain and in Germany. What about the college career? You were really successful at Georgia Southern. And something that stands out to me, Coach, mm-hmm. freshman season, you won five games. Five and 27. Brutal. Sophomore season, turned it around, 15 and 15, much, much, much better. What lesson did you learn in that transition that you can apply here at Chicago State? Yeah, so a lot of those lessons is um, experience, right? And um, you just you just go through different phases as a, as a college athlete. And like being 5 and 27, obviously we didn't come in there and thinking we we're going to go 5 and 27 my freshman year. Um, and so that summer, like what that does to you is just, you know, you, you go into a different grind. Like that summer I could just remember just grinding hard. Like I went back to South Florida and was just working my tail off, running miles, lifting weights, playing, working out every day. And, um, and then the next year that really helped us, um, my freshman year, my point guard got hurt, Willie Powers, my, um, he was a senior point guard. And so that weighed a lot on, on, you know, why we went five and 27 as well, but having him come back and learn and being able to learn from him as well. Um, as long as, as long as with those other experiences with going through that five and 27 season is like, that's what turned it on. That's what flipped that switch. And so, you know, you, you never, <laughs> you never want to go five and 27, like, that was the first thing what I told the guys here. I was like, you know, man, I, I went five and twenty-seven. I know how to lose and I know how to win. Cause my um senior year, we won, you know, 23, 24 games and only lost nine. So 
you know, you, you just have to flip that switch, man. You gotta, gotta compete every day. You gotta bring it every day, you know? So what's the biggest difference between that five win season and the 20 win season mm-hmm. in culture? Um, just competing, man. I just can remember guys just going out there competing, but like we were brothers too. Like it was a, a tight knit group, you know? And so like we had five seniors, we didn't let no outside stuff get in, in, in our ears. And we was just locked in. Everybody knew what they had to do. I could remember, like, I used to go inside in our apartments. We stayed off campus and I could remember, like, I used to get extra work in the weight room and our apartments had weight rooms in it. So I'll go in there, get the dumbbells and do stuff. And I remember one night I went in there and I seen another player and I'm like, bro, you be coming in here too. And he was like, yeah, man, I come in here. So um shout out to big poppy angel matias yeah big poppy <laughs> big pop it's not just david ortiz yeah 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 no nah. <laughs> that was my dude man so you know just little things like that seeing like other your brothers getting better with you you know it's not just you want to win it's everybody want to win and in order to win you got to put in the extra it's all about putting in that extra and so every guy on that team just wanted to put in the extra work, whether it was rehab, whether it was ball handling to get better, whether it was shooting in the on the gun. Like we all wanted to compete and get better. And that's the big difference. Like you got to be able to compete and get better, but be brothers at the end of the day and understand the goal, the end goal. When I say Jelani Hewitt, Georgia Southern basketball, what's the first memory that pops into your head? I've had a few moments, but I would say the biggest moment of my career was hitting the game winner at Chattanooga. And that was when we was in, we were in the SOCON and that was my sophomore year. And that win just helped us. It gained, it helped us gain a lot of confidence. Like that was a big win. It was on the road. Um, that whole day was just weird. Even after the game was weird, our bus got shut down on the way back. I don't know if you know how far Chattanooga, Tennessee is, from Georgia, from South Georgia, but it's a pretty decent ride. I want to say, what, six, seven hours maybe? Yeah, Georgia's a big state. Georgia, yeah. So from riding from Tennessee all the way down to South Georgia, the bus gets shut down. This after the game winner. The bus gets shut down. We're in the middle of nowhere. It's a Motel 6 in the middle of nowhere. So the bus driver is telling us, yeah, um, I got to call somebody to come fix the bus, basically. That's never what you want to hear. Never. Bus driver gets off, yes. goes to check it out. You want him to come back and say, all right, I just yeah. did the valve. We're going to go. You don't want him to say, I got to call someone because it's 3 a.m. and he's got no service. Exactly. So we end up staying the night. But like I said, I hit the game winner. So everybody's laughing. We having a good time. We just making the best out of it. And I could just remember that day like it was yesterday. Like it was just... It was a crazy day. Um, that's an experience like every kid dreams of hitting a game winner, you know. Take me through the play. So we got to stop. We got to stop. Got the rebound. Tie game or you're losing? Tie game. Tie game. Got the rebound. My uh, point guard has it. He's dribbling the ball up on the left side. So he hezzies, dribble on the left side. I'm in the corner. So we taught if you in the corner and you're dribbling, this team, they don't, they like to help off the corner. So as he's helping, you got to lift so you could be open. So I'm in the corner. So imagine I'm in the corner, Sam, on the help side. Willie Powers is driving. He overhelps. I lift up. I'm wide open on the wing. Willie Powers hit me. I get my feet set left, right, boom, toes in there. 
<laughs> I stay in the shot. You know what I'm saying? I hold the shot. And this is by our bench. I hold the shot. It goes in and the whole team rushes me and just hugs me. We got a big circle We're throwing up our jerseys. And then it's experience like no other, man. It's, it's It was a great experience. And like I said, like your brothers just embrace you. Everybody hugs you. Everybody happy. And it was just a dope moment, man. There's eight seconds to play. Powers has it. Crosses the timeline. Four seconds. Powers working. Pass to Hewitt. He's got the shot. It's good! Eagles win! Eagles win! Georgia Southern beats Chattanooga 75-72 on a last-second three from Jelani Hewitt. And this one's over. That's dynamite. Not to mention you're on the road. So while your boys are all over you screaming and hollering, everyone else. Exactly. Silent. Silent. Yep. It was silent. It was a great experience. So, yeah, 2012, so over 10 years. Make you feel old? Man, that made me feel real old. That was a decade ago. Yeah, I think they posted on Facebook. I was like, dang, it's been 10 years already. Like, You know you're old when it's a TBT, yeah, right? I'm like, wow. You know you're old when it's like, hey, remember this memory <laughs> from 10 years ago? Like, shoot. So, yeah, it was it was great, though, man. We we talk about it. Like, I talk about it with my with the guys now. So, um, it's like nothing like that experience. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That was the crowning moment of your college career. A really good career. A growth-filled career at Georgia Southern. And now that you're a coach... I can see in the way you talk that a lot of those lessons you learned as a player, you put into your coaching. You're a player's coach. You're a guy that I see the guys relate to. How does it help you at Chicago State? No, it helps me a lot, man. I'm able to relate to the players. Um, They respect me because I am so, like, I'm not that far removed from the game. And, um, like, I just played 2019. I I was playing overseas, so... You know, so they respect that aspect of it and and they understand and, you know, and I just try to, I just try to remember like what kind of coach would help me, like, you know, in that, in that sense, what kind of coach did Jelani need? And so that's what I try to be for the guys. And I just try to be there for them. I try to be an open book. I want to listen. I want to learn from them as well as them learning from me. And um, it's just a thing where like, you know, you just, like you said, I'm a player's coach, and that's what that's what I came to. That's why I wanted to coach college basketball. I wanted to be able to help guys get to where I was or higher, you know, get to that NBA status. Like my my first workout was with the Chicago Bulls, and now I'm coaching Chicago State. So it's like it's a blessing, man. You can't make stuff like this up. I remember like the Bulls flying me out here and and just showing me a good time, and like even like the whole workout. And so when I give those players like that experience of what a workout is going to be, an NBA workout, like how hard it is just to prep to get to that position, it's like it's no other, you know what I'm saying? It's no other experience. It's nothing like it's just you, you just have to be able to get that information, retain it and be able to work hard and try to get to your goals, you know? So that's why I want to be there for for these players coming in. So we just going to let them know, hey, you're going to work hard. We're going to grind. We're going to continue to try to learn every day, watch film, and and just be the best you could, you know, you could possibly be. So, yeah. <laughs> Workout with the Bulls. Yes. It was, man, it was hard. Take me through it. Um, So, basically, the Bulls, you know, I don't want to say they set me up, but they put me in there with some big guards. What guys? Norman Powell, Dwight, uh, Darrell Wright Jr., 
plays for the Hawks. Norman Powell plays for he played for Toronto. Um, and then the Harrison twins that played at Kentucky for the time, big guard. Aaron and Andrew. Aaron and Andrew. So you got six six, six six, <laughs> six five, and then Darrell Wright's brother is like six four. He played at Utah. So you got these big guards. So of course everybody's trying to post me up. And are all eyes on you? Oh yeah. And that's why I say that's what makes it, you know, that's that's what makes it like even harder because everybody's not guaranteed. You all fighting for a spot. So that's the type of thing like I'm trying to just prep these guys for, you know, if they do decide to take that route. But um, yeah, man, they put me in there with some big guards. We got a lot of shots up. We did some drills and then we were straight to competition. That's what they want to see you competing. One-on-one, two-on-twos, three-on-threes. And so as we're doing the one-on-ones, all of them try to post me up. All of them try to post me up. So I'm just hitting them just to let them know, you know, I ain't, I'm six foot, but I'm here. So I, you know what I'm saying? So during the one-on-one, I'm holding my own, I'm chucking them so they won't. And these are young guys too. Like I'm a senior. These guys are sophomores and, you know, they big, but they young. Um, Norman Powell went to UCLA. I think he came out sophomore year. And so I'm looking at them like, y'all young, y'all may be big, but y'all young. And so that's the mentality you got to go in there with. But it was a great workout. It was fun. You know, um, it was high level. I seen Jimmy Butler in there at the time. I seen Paul Gasol, real cool guy at the time, told him, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, he was just showing me around. And um, it's just like those experiences, man, you never forget them, you know? So I was just so grateful for it. So it was pretty good. How did it feel to walk through a practice facility for not just an NBA team, but the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan's team. You see Jimmy Butler, Pau Gasol. I mean, these all-star players. Yeah, it was a crazy experience. I'm telling you, Sam, like, the experience is crazy. At the hotel, they put you in a nice hotel, five-star. They got the limo out there waiting for you. They, <laughs> you get in the limo, the limo takes you to the practice uh, facility. Oh, man, can I get a workout? Man, it's like... I'm in a limo? Man, it's really nice. I'm pretty for sure it's like even more nice now you know what i mean like just now they fly you in a helicopter yeah they probably like do some some stuff for you now so but once you get to the practice facility big kitchen inside there that's why i seen paul gasol at he was telling me where all the food and stuff at go ahead and you know yeah it's oh i would eat uh yeah it's like really free food yeah i didn't eat much but it was a nice setup you're like hey where are my pancakes and syrup make the roster i could i could eat those pancakes syrup every day so but no it's like those are the type of things that just come with that experience so um definitely definitely shout out to the bulls appreciate you guys again for that workout but yeah now that was it's an experience man it's nice so yep veteran of an nba workout hey jelani tell me something about jelani hewitt that very few people know or maybe no one knows I don't know. Everybody pretty much know like I'm laid back, you know. I just love the game. Like I'm always watching basketball. It doesn't matter if it's WNBA. It doesn't matter if it's um like it doesn't matter what what level. If it's on TV or if I could watch it, I'll watch it. And so I just love sports in general. So people probably don't know that about me. Like I just watch sports all day. Like ESPN all day long. If you walk by my office, you'll hear ESPN. I hear Stephen A. Smith from down the hall. All day long. I just love sports, man. I just love to listen, get people uh, perspective on stuff, you know, and just 
just keep trying to learn, like just getting people different perspectives. I got to take your word up on start listening to different podcasts. Start with the Shy State Pod. Definitely got a shout out to the Shy State Pod, and then I'll work my way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good NBA podcasts. I'll give you my list. Yeah, got okay, cool. So since I know you're such a sports fan, you're always watching sports. You're always soaking it in. You're a student of the game. I want to finish up with a little basketball rapid fire here. So we're going to just go kind of lightning round. I want your takes and, and what you think here. Okay, ready? Yes, sir. All right, give me, growing up, who was your NBA team? Uh, Miami Heat. Idol player growing up? D-Wade. Who's a pro player now that most resembles Jelani Hewitt? My daughter calls me LeBron James sometimes. <laughs> hey, you'll take it. It's because of the beard. <laughs> <laughs> the beard. Hey, I'm listening to Yaya there. <laughs> yes. Who's the greatest player in NBA history? Oh, LeBron James. What's your favorite sport other than basketball? Football now. Who's your NFL team? The Dolphins. And you're not happy. <laughs> no, I'm not happy. Um, I'm not happy with how they did the 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 last coach. Um, but we'll see. We did our ad Tariq Hill, so hey, I got Cheetah can't hurt. Tua and Cheetah, we gonna see. So I'll just keep it there. I'm backtracking, but do you really think LeBron is better than MJ? I do. I think once it's all said and done, and he beats Kareem for all time leading scorer, and then he keeps moving up in the all time leaders in assists. And if he wins one more title, I believe LeBron can be the best. Like. He's the GOAT. In my eyes, for my generation, like I didn't get to see Jordan in his right. best. So I'm just going from what I was able to see. I'm Team Jordan, but I'm not going to fight you too much. No. What's your favorite sports memory as a fan? Oh, as a fan, I have so many. Um, I remember, like I have so many. I'll give you two. I'll give you when the Marlins won. And I remember I asked my mama if we could go to the parade so I won't have to go to school. Did she say yes? Yeah, we went to the parade. It was in downtown Miami. It was beautiful. It was so nice. And then I remember when the Heat won with Young D-Wade 2006. And we went to the parade and Shaq was out there shooting the water gun. It was dope, man. It was cool. So, yeah, those two is pretty nice. The Miami parades. No Dolphins parade, though. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do me like that, Sam. No Dolphins yet. Nope. Give me an NBA player who played before you were born who you would love to watch right now. Back, I want to say, I wish I could have seen Magic. I wish I could have seen Magic, man. Just because just his, like, influence on the culture and... And, and what him and Bird did for, like, the game of basketball when it was at its lowest, you know what I'm saying? And then it just grew. Like, it, it was – I wish I could have seen Magic. And then I, I do wish I could have seen uh, Michael, like, young Mike. Young Mike, right? 1980s Mike. Young Mike. Air Jordan 1 Mike. I wish I could have seen that killer, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, those are the two guys, I think. Give me your perfect two-on-two game. It's me, you, and two NBA players. Ooh, LeBron and MJ. Who gets who? Out of me and you? Uh-huh. We, got, we got to shoot for who gets who? What you mean? Well, you probably want LeBron. I want MJ. Well, no. If I make the first shot, I mean, well, yeah, I want LeBron, but you got to shoot for whoever gets the first pick. But with the first pick, I would take MJ. I'm going to take MJ. And with the first, yeah, I'm going to take LeBron. So we could just go meet you and uh, MJ versus me and LeBron. Yeah, you'd wipe the floor. <laughs> I'm the weak link by far. <laughs> It's all good, Sam. All right, Jelani, let's say you're at a dinner table. It's you, an NBA player, an MLB player, and an NFL player. Okay. I got you. Dead or alive? Mm-hmm. Who's your foursome? 
throw you can throw Tiger in there. Okay, I'll give you Tiger. You could throw Tiger in there. Um, you could throw you could throw Jackie in there. Ooh, you know for ML for MLB, you could throw Jackie Robinson in there. That'll be a great dinner. And then for the NFL, um, who mind I would want to pick? I love Ray Lewis. I love his energy. Um, let me see. Let's just stay with Ray. That's the first thing come to my mind. Jackie Robinson is a great pick. I just watched the movie 42 yeah. with Chadwick. Right. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Did you watch it's it? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I watched it. What an amazing story. Jackie Robinson, his family is pretty, he got a pretty like cool family as well. Like His family's still out here. They still pushing his name and... Um, and it's just like charitable things. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to see. It really is. I mean, his legacy lives on. It's it's not just baseball, right? Legacy lives on in all sports, and and I think everyone's grateful to him. When you think about it in perspective, it's crazy that that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I know, right? Right. We're not even talking a hundred years. Right. This is the forties. Like, yeah, unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. So that'll be that'll be my my dinner table. Uh, <laughs> You know, my four. That's a good dinner. Jelani, last one for you, because I know you know basketball. And right now, when we're recording this, we're in the middle of the NBA playoffs. However, by the time people listen to this, it might be a few rounds later. So I'm going to put you for a prediction now where people listening might be in the NBA Finals. So tell me who wins the NBA Finals. And we're talking, folks... This recording date is the 11th of May. We're in the middle of the second round. In the middle of the second round, we have Boston Bucks. We have Dallas Phoenix Suns. You know what I'm saying? We got Phoenix. We have Golden State Warriors versus the Young Gunners in uh in Memphis. And then we have Philly and Miami. So, my finals prediction is Miami and the Warriors. Winner? The winner this year, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be the Miami Heat. Ooh, that's a homer. That's a homer pick. But hey, they're the one seed. They the one seed, you know, they um you could say it's a homer pick, but I'm looking at the defense. It'll be Boston, Miami, but I'm just looking at the defense and I'm looking at um depth. And I just think Miami is just way deeper. Um, I think that they're physical. They can match Boston's physicality. And um, I just think they are just as hungry. I think the Warriors right now, Clay still needs some time. I think they're good enough to get by and get to the finals because of Steph and Draymond and all those. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to need Wiseman. I think they're going to need um, a healthy Clay. And, you know, like it's hard to come back from injury and just. You know, you seen Clay the other day just went 0 for 7. Exactly, 0 for 7. And his defense isn't what it was exactly. in 2015. He regards the best player. He'll be guarding John Moran if he was healthy. But he just can't he can't do it. So um, once Clay gets back right, then I have the Warriors doing some more things. But for right now, I'll, have, I'll get an edge to Miami. Miami Warriors, I have Miami in 6. Okay, you're going on the record. I'm going on the record, too. I've got Warriors, Celtics... Give me the Warriors in seven. Wow. Until proven otherwise, I don't see a healthy Golden State team. And I know they're not fully healthy, but right. they've got 
Steph, Draymond, and Clay on the court. Jordan Poole has been fantastic. Andrew Wiggins, Otto Porter. It's just it's just too much. I think it's just too much. I like Miami too. I like Boston a lot, but give me the Warriors. So hey, Jelani, this was a lot of fun, man. It was. Yep. Thanks so much. Shy State Pod debut. And now I know you're gonna subscribe. Yeah, definitely gonna subscribe. Shout out to the Shy State Pod. Give me that list of other podcasts because I'm going to start tuning in and um, definitely appreciate you, Sam. Appreciate the whole Chicago State community, you know, um, for embracing South Florida guys, just trying to make a change out here in their community. So um, we're going to continue to just, you know, push, do better things, try to get these student athletes to where they want to be and just push their goals. And like I said, appreciate you again for the platform. So thank you. Hey, back in the studio, Sam with you. What a great chat with Jelani, right? The dude's awesome. He's a junkie. How about him taking me through that buzzer beater against Chattanooga? His play-by-play was epic. I mean, he was in my office standing up, going all over. He's a fireball. I hope you love Jelani Hewitt. Although I don't know about the LeBron over Jordan in Chicago argument. Well, he's a SoFlo native, so we'll give him a pass. Anyway, good episode with Jelani. As always, you can subscribe right here on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening. This has been the Shy State Pod. I have been Sam Brief, and an adios from Chicago.